a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Joining me on the line right now is Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch. He's a well-known Christian author and blogger and He's been in Facebook jail on and off a bit over the years. I think he's out of Facebook jail at the moment. Is that right, Billy? Are you in? Are you free at the moment? I'm free just now. Yes. <laughs> good. Good to know. Uh, now uh, we're going to have a chat about a, a couple of your latest blogs in a moment, but I'm curious to get your thoughts about the topic of euthanasia. I know you've written a book called The Challenge of Euthanasia, and today there is uh, there's a, a royal commission into aged care and, and a whole bunch of uh, church leaders are gathering together to present the pro-life case in uh, in this uh, discussion. But then also there'll be you know many people like Andrew Denton and others uh, speaking up for the the uh, the side of euthanasia. And uh, I, I heard an interview earlier today where I was very impacted by uh, Philip Aspinall from the Anglican Church in Brisbane saying, you know what he's he's seen uh, a couple of his relatives pass away and. He, he really believes there's an important spiritual aspect to death where you need chaplains, you need people looking at the spiritual angle when it comes to death, not just the pain, not just the suffering, but what's the spiritual activity going on in your life in your last days? And why would we snuff out a life earlier? Why would we try and play God? I, I was very impacted by it. I'd love to know your thoughts on this hot topic, Bill. Yeah, well, there's no question that as we become more and more secular, less and less belief in God, more and more just a material world view, well, then we'd have a cavalier view of human life as well. There's no question they go together. And the odd thing is we have such a big problem with suicide, certainly youth suicide in Australia, but really for all of its uh, fancy terminology, euthanasia is just that. It's suicide or assisted suicide. It's about taking the human life. Sure, we wrap it up in terms of compassion, but it's a funny kind of compassion, isn't it? When we kill the sufferer instead of dealing with the suffering, that's what we should be doing. That's where the resources should be going, things like palliative care. But uh, we live in a throwaway society where, uh, you know, bum people off if they become too much trouble. And uh, yeah, it's a sad part of where we're at today as a culture. And you know, it's been interesting seeing the uh, people rallying outside the New South Wales Parliament for the abortion debate mm. in New South Wales recently. Uh, they, they, they're saying there was tens of thousands there, even though the ABC reported there was about 100 there, yeah. uh, interestingly enough. Uh, but you know what? I, I don't think I've seen in my many years in ministry so many people speaking up for life with the abortion debate and with the euthanasia debate recently. Would you say that there's... Uh, a groundswell of, uh, you know, revelation about the, the value and the sanctity of human life? Well, I certainly hope so. Mm. Uh, as you say, uh, Sydney, the crowd there the other night was uh, really massive, one of the biggest I think we've had for a pro-life uh, witness. Uh, certainly in the U.S., we're seeing all kinds of uh, rollback, if you will, with abortion, more and more states uh, cracking down on it, more and more abortion mills being closed down. So there is a growing awareness of what's really happening here, uh, certainly with the area of abortion. 
Uh, and, uh, well, slow but sure, we're beginning to wake up just as we now look back on the horrors of things like slavery and say, gee, how barbaric they were back then. I'd like to think if we keep going soon enough, we can look back and say, gee, in Australia, they used to kill people at the beginning of life, at the end of life, even in between. So hopefully there is a groundswell of awareness happening, and hopefully, yeah, keep praying and keep working for life. Well, I know, Bill, you and I have been connected through the National Day of Prayer and Fasting over the years, and uh, the uh, the pro-life message has been one that we have prayed and had many intercessors praying for over the years, and let's continue to hope and pray that our prayers will be answered and we will see uh, more people standing up for life. And I've been impressed to see people like Barnaby Joyce speaking up and even though his, his National Party, uh, you know, uh, some of the other members of the National Party have been speaking out against him and he's even said, you know what, if I have to quit the National Party and be an independent, I'm, I'm happy to do it because I'm, my, my values uh, matter more. Um, what, what a brave move from him, eh? Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm. And even better yet, we get uh, decidedly non-Christian people like Mark Latham uh, strongly uh, speaking out against the uh, abortion bill in New South Wales. So we're getting, you know, not just religious people, but others who are saying this is bad news, we can do better, and uh, yeah, that gives me hope. Mm. Well, let's keep praying that the tide is turning for life mm. in this nation Amen. on uh, the the start and the end of life, that... Uh, we shouldn't play God. We let, let God be God. Now, uh, let's have a, a chat about some of your blogs. I love reading through your blogs, and you've got uh, quite a controversial title here, Bill, uh, a new blog called We Can Do Better Than Jesus. Explain. <laughs> well, sadly, uh, it seems some Christians actually think that way. They think they can improve upon his methods, or at least his message, uh, they think, you know, uh, look, maybe what you did back then was good, but, you know, we live in modern times, we can do it better. And so I've actually heard even, you know, make a church pastors with my own ears saying, well, you know, in the old days you could preach about things like God's wrath and judgment and sin and repentance and hell and all that, but today we can't really do that. We have to find a different method to reach the people. We have mm. to have a different message. Um well, given that Jesus, more than anybody else in the New Testament, spoke the most about things like future judgment, hell, uh, the need for repentance, well, what these guys are effectively saying is we can do better than Jesus. We mm. can improve upon what he's saying. And, well, look, I think it shows we've had a raft of... Uh, Christian leaders just recently, uh, certainly overseas, coming out and renouncing their faith, falling away, saying, well, you know, I'm no longer a Christian. Uh, it seems to me there's a connection between a very soggy and watered-down gospel that just says, love, 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 everything is cool, just be nice to each other, and uh, Christian leaders who eventually just give up the whole thing, uh, because that is not the gospel. Mm. And, you know, I, I heard one Christian leader recently say that he hasn't lost his faith, but it's on shaky ground. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about the words shaky ground. I reckon that probably came from the parable of the wise man that built his house on the rock mm -hmm. and the foolish man that built his house on shaky ground. Uh, I wonder if that's where that saying actually came from. But uh, the reality is that, you know, we are living in the shifting sands of culture. Everything's changing so quickly. When you, when you think about... 10, 20 years ago, uh, you know, morals and ethics in, in Australia and in the West and around the world, 
it's changed so quickly, and we get this temptation to water down the truth of God's Word, don't we? Oh, we do. Mm. Uh, we see it happening all the time, sadly. Uh, it's a lot easier to conform to the world than let the world confirm, conform itself to God and His Word. So, mm. uh, you know, really about the last several hundred years now, uh, the preaching that Jesus and the disciples and the church did about things like sin and repentance and judgment to come, uh, a lot of that is really uh, gone by the wayside, and we've uh, emphasized aspects of God, his love, which is vital, but of course his love is a holy love. His love is one that hates sin and cannot abide with sin. But if we don't give the whole counsel of God, well, we present a watered-down gospel, and that's not going to cut it in terms of discipleship. You're not going to last long as a believer if you just uh, emphasize feeling good, having emotional highs, uh, getting your best life now. That's not quite what the uh, gospel is about. And the first sign of hardship and trouble, you're probably going to give the faith a flick. So we need to get back to biblical Christianity, which includes the whole gospel, and uh, hopefully that'll reduce some of these leaders and uh, kind of celebs that we see lately who are renouncing the faith. And you know, when Jesus uh, taught some tough teachings, yeah. you know, the Bible says that people left, people quit, yeah. and said, I'm out of here, you know. Yeah, uh, and you know, you think of Gideon's army, it, it was culled down to 300, but they were the right 300 uh, to, to win that battle. Uh, I, I wonder whether there's a pruning going on in the body of Christ, uh, separating the, the fake believers from the true believers. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think absolutely. Mm. Um, you know, and when we get some of these hardcore issues, whether homosexual marriage or euthanasia, like we just talked about, or some of the other things, the whole trans agenda, I think we are seeing a, kind of a weeding out of the true from the false. Uh, you know, a lot of Christians are hopping on board these bandwagons, sadly, promoting the whole homosexual agenda or whatever the latest trendly, trendy worldly agenda is. And, uh, oh, well, if nothing else, it's sifting process. It's showing, uh, you know, the wheat, the tares, the goat, and the sheep. So in that sense, it can be a good thing. God wants his purified church, his church that's true to him and his word, and if it uh, takes something like this to expose those who are really none of his, well, I suppose bring it on. Mm. Now, you've also written a blog uh, entitled Trans Madness, State-Sponsored Child Sexual Abuse. Uh, tell us a bit about this one. Well, look, as we just said, the trans agenda has become all the rage. Uh, look, you and I and probably nobody was talking about anything to do with the trans agenda five years ago. Uh, but just imagine how in a short space of time it's just taken off. But, uh, you know, well, like everything, the world just pushes agendas and the silences those who disagree. But the good news is we're starting to get some experts who are starting to speak up. We're getting doctors, people in the medical community, health professionals, and others who are really starting to sound the alarm. You know, you do not change somebody's sex simply by lopping off parts of the anatomy, uh, puberty blockers, hormone therapy, surgery. Uh, all of that is just going to mutilate a person, but it's not going to change their sex. These are issues that are mental and psychological. They need care, compassion, and counsel for those issues. 
but simply doing all these physical changes isn't going to help anybody. You just end up with feminized men or masculine women. Uh, they don't change their sex. So the good news is, even though we've had so many even children being, uh, well, effectively, we got child abuse when this is happening to young kids, we do now have some experts speaking out. And uh, look, one day, I think soon, hopefully we'll be seeing lawsuits. You know, why did you allow adults to fill my head with this nonsense and cause so much uh, trouble to me in my life? So I think we'll even see that coming hopefully soon. And, you know, I noticed you said in there that, you know, a number of years ago, uh, people realized how unhealthy cigarette smoking yeah. is. And now we've changed the laws. We've, we've legislated for it. And, you know, thankfully it's cut down uh, a lot of the, the smoking around our nation. Uh, but, uh, you're, you're suggesting that one day, hopefully we'll look upon this and, and there'll be a big change, huh? Hey? Well, we hope so. I mean, again, it's one thing for adults who are confused to go down this path, but, Way too many children, mm. four-year-olds, are being, this stuff is being put into their heads that they're really, a, you know, a girl trapped in a boy's body and mm. all the like. And then they're taking it further. Uh, again, with uh, invasive surgeries, hormonal therapy, and so on, this is really quite dangerous stuff. Uh, it's not helping kids. It's harming them. So, yeah, I sure hope that soon enough we'll uh, start cracking down on this because this is a, it's a type of child abuse. It's certainly child neglect. And uh, how can any civilized society harm those who are our most innocent, our most vulnerable? Uh, this is a desperately wicked agenda being driven by adults, and our children are the ones who are suffering greatly. I'll come back to your comment that uh, it's being put into children's minds, you know, at the age of four and, you know, yeah. young age. So obviously things like safe schools, yeah. uh, you know, and is that compulsory in every school in Victoria now? Did I hear that the other day? Well, certainly in every state school, mm -hmm. every secondary school. Uh, Dan Andrews has been pushing this more than anybody here in Victoria. So, yeah, there's no escaping it. If you have a kid in a uh, public school system, they will be pushed have this stuff pushed on them, including the whole transgender agenda. So this is institutionalized child abuse. This is really when the state gets involved with, well, really sexual child abuse, because that's what this is. We're uh, getting kids all confused about their sexuality, and sometimes we're actually harming them in terms of even their sexual organs. Uh, so this is really state-sponsored abuse. Um, doesn't get much worse than that. And, uh, you know, we need to pray and work like mad, certainly for the sake of our children. And I know that in Queensland, for example, it, it's never been released which schools have safe mm. schools and which don't. So we, we, we don't know, but obviously we need to contact our yeah. school principal and whatever state we're in in this nation, we need to find out. Now, what about religious schools? Is, is it is there any pressure being put on religious schools that they have to have safe schools, uh, the, the program in their schools? Yeah, well, there's always pressure on religious schools for a number of reasons. One, simply the world, and I already know of sadly Christian schools who are uh, running with the so-called safe schools program. So many are even doing it voluntarily. Wow. But then we have all the other things, like uh, we also passed a law in Victoria about uh, so-called conversion therapy, where nobody who has unwanted same-sex attractions will be able to get counsel uh, help. So 
So if any uh, church schools or independent uh, schools or even churches are offering this kind of counseling, especially if there's any fee involved, uh, that will very soon become illegal in Victoria. And, you know, those poor folks who are not happy with where they're at, they're going to be forced to live this way anyways. It's, again, the government stepping in, Mm. deciding what you can have in terms of your own sexuality and what you can't have. So it's just the pressure is uh, building all the time, and it's really getting quite scary, which is why so many people are now moving into things like homeschooling. Mm. Yeah, I know I interviewed a homeschool expert recently. There's been a massive increase of that uh, in Australia recently and all over the world uh, because of this agenda being pushed into Mm. the schools. So, uh, wow, interesting times we live in. If people would like to find out more about uh, these blogs, uh, there's one blog there called Trans Madness, state-sponsored child sexual abuse. Also one there called We Can Do Better Than Jesus. A couple other great blogs, yeah, you've done there. A great one on A.W. Tozer. He's one of my heroes of the faith. I'm going to read that one a bit later. Also one about green religion. Some great blogs you've done, Bill. Uh, people want to find out more, they can go to the website, billmuhlenberg.com, or is it culturewatch.com? Is that your other one? Uh, just culturewatch, one word. You'll Google that. You should find it pretty quick, yep. All right, and you, and you can, they can find you on Facebook. While you're not in Facebook jail, they can uh, connect with you there too. That's right. <laughs> Bill, thank you so much for your time today, mate. God bless. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.